The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Here to set you free. How you doing? Happy Tuesday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only to Democracy in Talk Radio of four and by you, the people. Great show in store. We've got a great guest joining us in the first segment. Wide open telephones coming up second and third segment and toward the very end of the hour. Talk media news live from our nation's capital. Rejoining us, speaking of welcome back, is Michael Schur. Michael's one of our great, one of my favorite guests, actually. Michael Schur is a political correspondent and host with the Young Turks. They are the largest online news show in the world. But, Michael, I have a bone to pick with you. You guys have never had me on as a guest. I said, Michael, Michael Shear, political oh. correspondent and host with the Young Turks, the largest online news show in the world. But, Michael, you guys have never had me on as a guest. What gives? Well, you know, I, that's a, a huge error in the state. we got to get you on, Leslie. I would love to do that. Where are you guys out? You guys out of D.C. or New York? Los Angeles, actually. Oh, my God, I live in Los Angeles. Okay, you guys are really bad now. Yes, I need to well, be you should, Well, you know, here's the thing. I have no say in who they put on. All I do is come in and do this stuff. So I will be, uh, that will be job one when we get off the uh, the show today. Oh, I know. I appreciate it, Michael. Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. I was actually just, uh, just because I'll watch, you know, your, your stuff online. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, hey, I, I want to do that uh, with you guys. <laughs> we have uh, a good time. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm not in competition. Not in competition. I got my radio and TV gigs. So I'm not looking, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking for a job yet. You never know in the future, you know. <laughs> Um, uh, Michael, uh, we have uh, Donald Trump not giving the State of the Union, but his time to address uh, Congress. A lot of different thoughts about what he's going to do. The president himself said on Fox and Friends, although he gives himself an A uh, with regard to uh, his uh, you know, desire and uh, what he has accomplished, he gives himself a C or C- about messaging. And a lot of people think that Trump wants to repackage himself, in a sense, and repackage that mes- messaging. Can he do that, and will he do that tonight, especially if he reads a you know pre-scripted speech and doesn't go off script? Yeah, I, I don't know that he can do that. I think that he's somebody about whom people have their minds made up. If people like him, they're going to defend him till the end. And people who don't like him have had a good chance to grow into liking him. So I think that's problematic for him. And I don't think that can be erased in one speech. I think if there's action that pleases some of those independents, or if there is legislation that sort of woos uh, people to his side from from a more progressive side, who, they, who think that you know here he is uh, sort of socially uh, where I stand, then maybe that's going to happen. It's not going to happen in a speech. It's certainly not going to happen tonight. Uh, you know, look looking at what he is going to do tonight. Um, he's planning to outline an ambitious first year agenda. Can he actually even get to the agenda? And, I, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, the mean, meow, liberal Democrat uh, that I am. And I don't mean meow or mean. I just mean I am a liberal Democrat who constantly hears this president 
want to remind us of crowd size or that he won the election um, or, or, or make up complete lies about how much he, you know, uh, you know, won the election by. Do you think we're, you know, fact checkers are going to have a heck of a time tonight, Michael? There's just going to be lie after lie and a, a lot of, um, you know, me, me, me from the president? Well, hard to say. I think if you see a departure from the president where there's less me, 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 if he's throwing out a lot of meat and potatoes, then the fact checkers go crazy because the facts are that are, are usually not the way he presents them. But of course, we've learned that that doesn't matter as much either. I, I think, you know, w- when it comes to what the president wants to do, getting things done, I think what you open with is true. I mean, his messaging giving himself a C-minus, I think that's going to make people within the White House pay attention. That he, he gave himself an A in messaging on a very successful campaign. And so when he comes out now and, and he's going to try and get things done, until he, until he does, until he gets things done, people are going to be dubious about it because they, they see somebody who won a job that maybe he wanted to win, won an election that maybe he wanted to win. He wanted to prove something, but it is, it's very different, you know, campaigning and legislating. And I, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse now, but it's true. I, I think if you don't... Uh, if you don't know what the job entails going in, it's going to be very, very difficult to start doing well. And that's, you know, he's got a little bit of time to do that, and maybe he starts tonight. But I don't, I wouldn't expect big differences or changes. But there might be rhetoric that you don't hear uh, ordinarily from Trump. Sean Spicer said, going to be a bold agenda the president puts forth. Another White House official describes it as an optimistic look to the next four years. Do you think, which which do you think will be more accurate? Get your crystal ball out as to what we're going to hear tonight. <laughs> a, 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 and B, are there going to be any surprises? Because he just sat down and did a bunch of stuff. And I, I think, excuse the phrase, I think he shot his load politically, if you will, in a sense, because, you know, he tried to put out everything that um, he had promised. And obviously much of that has been a mess. Yeah, it has been a mess. I think the, the, the surprises you may see will have to do with entitlements. I think that if he talks about entitlement and he's grumbling from the Republican side of the House and Senate this joint session, uh, that's going to be one of the surprises because he's trying to appease a lot of people and he's gone into entitlements and said, hey, wait a second, maybe this isn't the right way to go about it. Uh, he's going to say repeal and replace about, about Obamacare. Uh, which is something that John Boehner came up with, a phrase he coined and doesn't see as viable. He's going to have to come out and explain why that is. So I think you might see a bold agenda, but, you know, Sean Spicer is given to saying bold things that don't come through. And I, I think if uh, if Sean Spicer is saying it's going to be a bold agenda, it, that could be his estimation, that could be his building anticipation for a speech. But it's the first time that we've seen this president deliver a speech to the people that matter, and that's the legislature. You know, he's got to speak to these people who are going to be the ones to enact what he wants to do. It can only be so bold uh, in order to get some of these Republicans uh, along with him. You know, and, and if bold means it's going to appease people who are more moderate, then that's not going to work. Okay, so we saw and heard an apocalyptic vision of American carnage during the inaugural address. Supposedly, this is going to focus on American spirit and be much strike a balance, you know, and be much much more optimistic. Is it possible to erase the doom and gloom and destruction, especially when we look at what's happening in our nation? How divided the increase in hate rhetoric and hate crimes that the president continues himself not to really denounce unless he's pushed, and then again. 
then he still has not denounced um, or said anything um, about the killings of two Indian men who the shooter thought were Iranian uh, in a bar in Kentucky. Uh, still, again, has not talked about the increase in hate crimes uh, and only just one bleep through Sean Spicer and the president regarding the anti-Semitism and the wave of that right now in our nation. Yeah, I, and and he, the, you know, when when asked about it by Jake Church from the magazine in that in that press conference in that rambling press conference, uh, Trump wouldn't even have the time for the question because he thought he was being accused of being an anti-Semite. It's all about Donald Trump. It's always about Donald Trump. Does he have a chance of changing that? No, I think you know, I really do think that a lot of people's minds are made up about this guy. So I, the pessimistic side of me, if I'm a Trump person, is that listen, I, there's not going to be changing any minds. Let's just forge ahead and do what we're doing. But he's got to be more presidential, and he has to acknowledge these things that you just listed because to to ignore these things is not what we have grown to believe as presidential. Whoever is in the office, whoever the party is, whenever there's tragedy in America. Uh, they look toward the president. Whenever there's a wave of, of, of any kind of hate in America, they look toward the White House, at least recently, uh, and, and really going back a, a, a lot longer. Uh, and there's been nothing about that from this White House. I think it just sort of puts an exclamation point on how disconnected this man and consequently his, uh, consequently his, his presidency is from most of America. And you saw Wilbur Ross confirmed, another billionaire in his cabinet yesterday, this is somebody who is really disconnected with what's going on with what's going on in America right now. And if he's going to try and, and, and do something like a bold agenda, he's going to have to reconnect with the people. That's a tall order. But he also, speaking of the people, can't connect with his own people, many of which he has still not filled the seats of. And his national security advisor, the newest, the one finally took the job, who I love it, lays down the law, McMasters, he said, don't say radical Islam or Islamic terror in your speech. White House says president's going to ignore that. Yeah, I mean, it was, the word, uh, the A is for advisor, right? I mean, you should take a listen to what somebody who is in the military and who is, uh, you know, charged with, if not diplomacy, at least talking about how to keep our country safest. He's saying don't do it, uh, and the president, as is his right, is, is going to ignore that. Well, that tells you sort of a little bit about the discord in the White House. That's why the Secretary of the Navy nominee, who Sean Spicer said 100% will be confirmed and will stay in the job on Sunday step down. They don't want to take orders from somebody who doesn't really know this as their business. And, you know, he, he will find people who, who do that. He already has found them. He's found people to fall in place, fall in line, and, and go along with him. But I think it's reassuring to people to see that people are stepping away from that, saying Lyndon at, at Navy is saying, I don't want to do this. And, and who knows what McMaster, who is widely respected, how he's going to react if, in fact, the, the president puts this in his speech. It's, you know, I think that anybody who guesses about this stuff, including myself, Leslie, we're wrong. We haven't been right about Donald Trump. But one thing you do know is that he's not going to conform. And presidents tend to have to conform to a little a little bit of what tradition is. And coming to Congress and just fighting with him is not generally a good thing. And I apologize to Kentucky and Kansas. The shooting was in Kansas. I know you both be given the K, and you're south of the Mason-Dixon line, and I'm a Yankee from Boston, but I do know the difference between the two states. <laughs> and I know the difference between the rolling hills of Kentucky versus Kansas. So, sorry, folks. Michael Schur, thank you for joining us. Political correspondent and host with the Young Turks. They are the largest online news show in the world. Check them out. Go to the website, tytnetwork.com. On Twitter, follow Michael at Michael Schur. That's S-H-U-R-E. I'm Leslie Marshall. Quick break. When we come back, we open up the phone lines. Want to get your thoughts ahead of the president addressing Congress. One of the questions is, will the Democrats stand? 
And should they? Some say give as much respect as you gave Obama. But remember that Republican yelling you lie? Or do we need to go high when they go low? We'll be back with more talking about what's coming up with the president's address to Congress and your take on this. Get in line now. Your thoughts, your comments, opinions, questions, and concerns. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show, 888-6LESLIE. Leslie Marshall, welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio. The president is going to be speaking to Congress, and his speech tonight is supposed to be uniting, to unite us, unite the nation. I want you to be honest with me. Can Donald Trump, can he unite America? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And how would he specifically do that in this speech tonight, in your opinion, whether you're a fan or a foe of Donald Trump? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Trump himself gave a grade of C or C- minus regarding his messaging. Will, first of all, do you agree with that? What grade would you give his messaging? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And will he be able to change that tonight? If so, how? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. President Trump's new national security advisor, H.R. McMaster, does not think that radical Islamic terrorism is a useful phrase. Yet the White House says Trump's still going to use it tonight. McMaster says don't do it. Should he use it? Is it useful or is it just semantics and doesn't cover the real issue? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. What America, whether you voted for the guy or not, do you need to hear from this president in tonight's address? 8886 Leslie. 8886537543. Now, if you're not a fan of Trump, I am not. If you're not a fan of Trump, be honest. Is there anything he could say to get you on board tonight. And if so, what would that be? What's the one thing you would need to hear, or many things you would need to hear from the president tonight, to get you on board when you're not a fan of his? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And do you think the president will mention crowd size, winning the election, by how much, and lie about voters shipped into New Hampshire and other places, something he can't seem to let go of, Specifically, when he lost the popular vote by 3 million? Or will he finally let that go? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join us. Let's get to the calls. And we started out with Omar on line two in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Omar. Good afternoon. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Omar? Good. I think the only way that Trump can actually unite this nation is by saying these words I resigned the presidency because. He does not know what he is doing. He is in over his head. Every time something goes wrong, he has to blame somebody else. He cannot take responsibility. And a true leader will take responsibility no matter what happens. Okay, well, first of all, I don't agree with you. Even though I don't like him, 
Only 46% of Americans vote that can. So we have half, all right? And of that half, more than half voted for Hillary Clinton, less than half voted for him. So you, but, but among the voters, you still have almost half of those people who don't want him to resign, one. And two, he's not going to resign because he's got too big an ego. And that would admit he's failing or he's been defeated or he lost. He's very big about winning and losing, Omar. You know, I heard this morning an interview with a man that was privy to meetings that President Trump had with generals. And the first thing he said was, how, do, how are we going to win? And they're like, when? Yeah, how are we going to win against ISIS? And they said, with all due respect, Mr. President, that's not how we look at things. The fight against terrorism could take 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. We look at things in terms of mission and long term and then more so the bigger problem. Because the biggest problem isn't, you know, just bombing the crap out of ISIS and getting rid of them. It's getting rid of the ideology through the Internet that that attracts and radicalizes people. You can get rid of every member of ISIS today in Syria. There'll be a new crop of them tomorrow because you got to break the mindset that they're appealing to. Um, so, Omar, I don't believe that we will hear him resign, although I hear you. Uh, you feel that would unite the country, and I don't because I think we're already divided, not just along party lines, but along, along pro and anti-Trump lines. Appreciate your call. Uh, let's continue with the calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Hal in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, listening to KABQAM 1350 on line one. Hal, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon. How are you today? Good, Hal. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, you know, you were saying to that last caller um, something about if, if he'll uh, if he'll ever let it go. Um, the uh, the topic of uh, the three million more votes for the Democratic Party rather than the Republican Party. It sounds to me like you are determined never to let it go. Well, let what go? I'm, you know, I'm a voter. I'm, I have a First Amendment, not only uh, freedom, but a right, uh, a right, but also a responsibility as a broadcaster to talk about what I think is right and think is wrong. That's not only part of my job. I think it's part of uh, as a parent, as a taxpayer, as a voter, and as a citizen of this country, an obligation. What he's going to be uh, referring to this evening is. Um, it, it, what he's been, um, what he's been pointing out since day one, uh, he's got a ten-point list that he keeps pointing back. Okay, Hal, hold on. I got to take a break. I'm not cutting you off here. Hold on. We're going to come right back to you after this. Pick up the phone and join me when we finish with a call. Your cue to call through eight 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 six Leslie. Don't- talking about Donald Trump addressing Congress tonight, asking you, what do you need to hear if you were not a fan to get on board? Can he unite? What does he need to say to do that? What do you think he'll do? And can he get over 
um, you know, how many points he won by. And this seems to be something not only that he likes and that feeds his ego, but many of his uh, supporters and followers like as well. Talking to that point before the break was Hal on line one in Albuquerque, New Mexico, listening on KABQ AM 1350. Hal, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Please continue. Well, thank you. Uh, anyway, so this evening I, I watched uh, early. I'm an early morning person. Uh, I saw an interview early this morning uh, that he had done, I believe, yesterday afternoon, and then they they uh, they showed it early this morning on what specifically he would be uh, talking about this evening. And uh, you know, it's the economy. It's the the security of this nation, um, the, the, uh, the that's that's going to be the two uh, main topics. There's others, but if you want to know what the others are, I mean, they're just out there as plain as they can be. I mean, well, no, I know, I know that. I'm not asking you what he's going to talk about. I, I mean, I, I think my questions were very specific. What I asked is for people who don't support him what he would need to say to get them on board. In other words, give him a chance. What would make you say, oh, okay, I got, you know, I'm listening. This is a man who says he wants to unite, yet the country's more divided than it's ever been. We have more hate crimes in the United States and more people joining hate groups now than in decades. What does the president need to do or to say to unite us? And I also asked, will he be able, I understand what the agenda is. I can Google that as well. And I'm in the media. I'm I'm given a list as a member of the media of things he's going to talk about tonight in advance of you and what's on Google. But what what I'm saying is President Trump keeps bringing up the popular vote number unprompted. President Trump, no matter what speech he gives, no matter 100% of the time, he brings up something uh, where he's patting his own back. And I was asking if he were going to do that tonight, if people predict he will do that, because I think it takes away uh, strongly, uh, largely, uh, from him being presidential. And I think it hurts him with, uh, with with more than half of this nation. He won't he won't bring that up this evening. Um, he's gonna he's gonna stay on his points. Um, I think th- although that that is a a very critical subject about uh, um, the, the popular vote as compared to the uh, the the um, uh, electoral vote. Um, you know, we we can go back and forth on that the rest of the day, and we wouldn't get. But people don't want to hear it. People don't don't want to hear it. I mean, people people know that Hillary won the popular vote. People know that the electoral college determines who's president. He won the electoral college, but they want him to do his job. There are over five hundred positions in his presidency that are uh, that are open, and nobody's been named for them. Well, there, there are numerous people that don't want to work for him in this administration and feel it is completely discombobulated and are concerned about the next four years. And there are already people. There's a list online of people that voted for him that already regret their vote. He has to he has to change tonight. He has an opportunity tonight to to change course, to flip this thing around, perhaps. And I'm asking, can he do it and what he needs to do it? And I, and I appreciate your call and telling us what he's going to talk about, although we did know that. Uh, but, I, but I do appreciate your call, Hal. Thank you, and I hope you'll call us again. Uh, let's go to Jake on line four in Eureka, California. Jake, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. What I'd like to hear from Donald Trump instead of what he's going to do and say that he's going to slash the EPA's budget by a third, I'd like to hear Donald Trump say he's going to fire Scott Pruitt as administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency. Because according to this morning's news reports, uh, Scott Pruitt had a private email server, sound familiar, uh, where he was communicating with uh, oil companies, et cetera, 
as uh, Attorney General of Oklahoma, uh, apparently basically trying to find ways to subvert his uh, responsibility as Attorney General of Oklahoma to uphold environmental regulations. Well, you know something, in addition to that, he lied about that private email server. It is absolutely proven. You are correct what you just said. Um, He lied about that, and he wants to dismantle the very organization that he's in charge of. He's actually sued to take down this organization. I, I don't think people understand. The environment is not a political issue. I have two children, eight and nine. There are a number of things out there we already know. You know, we're so worried about ISIS. We're so worried about terrorists. We're, we're more apt to die from the air we breathe and the water we drink than ISIS beheading us. And let's be honest, that's statistically a fact. We need to leave this earth better than we, we came to it. And we need to leave this, this planet and our drinking water and our air supply cleaner and clearer for the generations ahead of us because that's a humane responsibility. Um, I agree with you, but you know you're not going to hear that from him tonight or otherwise because that would, that would mean again that Donald Trump would have to admit he made an error. We have seen him do it with Flynn, but it's only when he could be thrown under the bus that he will get rid of somebody. And it's only when the uh, the media, when our free press actually points out that there's a problem that then Donald Trump takes action. And uh, tonight, if Donald Trump goes ahead and says that the media is the enemy of the American people, if he says that again, I'd be all for Democrats booing him over that. Otherwise, they should keep it classy like Nancy Pelosi said. But he attacks the... Well, not, not just again. Democrats, by the way. Not just Democrats. Well, one of the former Republican presidents, George W. Bush, or George W. Bush, G.W. Bush, said, you know, it completely disagrees and feels that the pre- one of the things that sets us apart from the rest of the world, you know, my kids have a test on this Thursday, I kid you not, and I was quizzing them this morning, and, and we were talking about what's in the First Amendment, okay? And my, the kids asked me what freedom of the press meant. And when I was telling them, I realized how special and important that is. Right? I can say right now, Donald Trump is an orange-haired, clown-faced buffoon. Whether I, and he can sue me for it. But he can't arrest me or kill me for it. And that can actually happen in other countries, especially as a woman. Um, and, and, and that just keeps us, you know, that, that, that keeps freedom at the forefront of this nation. And that was the foundation of this nation, freedom of religion, one of our First Amendment constitutional rights in um, those uh, 10, um, uh, you know, amendments uh, or, or articles of the, con- you know, that are uh, preceding the rest of our Constitution. So, for him to say that, another thing, you want the press to be your friend. And I got to tell you something. Fox is part of the press and the media. I'm a contributor at Fox, okay? Uh, Breitbart, all of them, they're all part of the press. So when somebody says the mainstream media, what the hell is the mainstream media? If the mainstream media is ABC, CBS, NBC, non-cable, then CNN, MSNBC, and Fox are not. You understand? They can't pick and choose, Okay. No, no, Fox, Fox is as mainstream as the rest of the networks are. And, and when he attacks the well, media... they used generally... to mean mainstream media like the networks as opposed to cable. But CNN right. and MSNBC are on cable. I mean, I'm sorry, that, that is a fact. If you are on the radio, as I am, if you write for a blog or a newspaper, especially a politically linked, I do, Huffington Post, if you're on national television or even local television, uh, whether it's Fox News Channel, uh, CNN, or some local, you know, Channel 2, ABC affiliate, CBS affiliate, whatever, you are part of the media <laughs> no matter what you do there if you're a, a, a meteorologist you're part of the media if you're a reporter part of the media you know talking head political analyst a legal or medical professional and advisor and expert you're part of the media if you are on any of these entities that's a, that's a fact that is and, and hopefully the media will stick together 
and stand up for the First Amendment. Like you said, our founding fathers put freedom of the press up front in the Bill of Rights for a reason. I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, thank you. Thank you for your uh, comments, and I love uh, all of you calling. Uh, let's go to Carol on Line 5 in Asheville, North Carolina, listening on 880 AM, The Revolution, WPEK. Hey, Carol, good afternoon. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for um, taking um, my call. And uh, like others who have come before me, I think, unfortunately, the rhetoric may be the same. Um, I think of myself as being fair-minded because I used to be a teacher, and when you work with children, you know, children grow and change, and things grow and change. And if you have a child who has some issue and you don't give them the opportunity to go through a process of change, then that's not good. Um, I think, for me, personally, I would have to hear some apologies uh, for some of the shenanigans, some of the things that have been said. Uh, Another thing that would be important for me is if I hear, and of course, I would want that to follow through with the actions, but I need to hear that public education is secure. I need to hear that the most vulnerable in this country are secure, i.e., I'm hearing things that they're taking away school lunch for poor children. Well, if they do that in my community, I'll take lunch bags. But if they do that in in Coalfield, West Virginia, there isn't anyone there to take a lunch bag. Um, I need to um, hear that, um, and as far as um, I do believe that he will use the term radical Islamics, I think that's his, as they say, his firestorm words that he's going to use to keep people. Um, I would need to hear him say, if he's deciding to block Middle Eastern countries, that he's going to block all of them, including the ones where he has ties and investments. Um, I also need to hear him stop saying that people are living off the government when his whole friggin' family has moved into the White House. And that's been an unprecedented amount. Yeah, Mar-a-Lago weekends, golf weekends with him and God knows how many other people he has there. That That's living off the government. We're paying for that. Exactly. That, thank you for saying that. That was my next bullet point. He, starts, he needs to start meeting people at Camp David. I suppose it's not luxurious enough for him. Um, and also, I would like to see him uh, come up with a different stance on immigrants. I understand, as many do, And I think this is where many people have common ground. People do not want, you know, even in our own neighborhoods or whatever, anyone, and I'm using this word, and it's not the best word, thug or whatever, um, you know, perhaps. But, you know, if I hear him start saying that, you know, from where I stand, it's also going to cost the government a lot of money to try and do all this deportation and what makes more sense to me is a roadmap to citizenship, which includes a fine maybe to make up for health services or whatever other services were rendered. Um, I would want to see something like that. Um, I'm trying to look at my notes that I made. And I completely agree with you. One thing I've been doing when I'm calling our local senator's offices about the environment is, and And also, you know, if I have this chance now being with you, now maybe I'm part of the media, but, you know, there are a lot of young people that are taking the phone calls, and it's a wonderful opportunity to lead by example, use some good manners, and educate these kids. And one thing I told them is they're not in rarefied air. We're all breathing the same air, and we're all (laughs) using water. 
And those are things, like you said, that are affecting every single person. I also would like to hear him say we have freedom of expression and um, those kinds of things. So those are the things that I personally would like to hear. So what I'm hearing is you want Donald Trump to wake up today and be a Democrat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Well, let me just put it to you this way. Uh, I grew up here in the country in a very agrarian situation. My father was a registered Republican. My mother was a registered Democrat. And my father was a member of NRA, but my father was also a quarter Cherokee. And we lived off the land, and one of his famous sayings was, if you take care of nature, nature will take care of you. And maybe that was radical for someone, for, for him to be saying that at the time. But I can tell you right now that there are a lot of crossover people here in western North Carolina, like my aunt, who's 96. She's an evangelical. She can't stand one thing that's going on with Trump. Well, so I mean, at I, least honestly, here, honestly, <laughs> as a, let me tell you something, as a former Christian, this oh. man, I'm sorry, this man is not Christ-like. And I'm not a Christian anymore, so I can judge. This man is not Christ-like. And, and, and to me, my mother's a strong Christian who gets upset with people that go to church with her that voted for him. She said, when he mocked that disabled man. Exactly. Do you remember Jesus said, those of you without sin cast the first stone. This well, guy's, got, this guy's got a bag through the stones. The and, he thir- and, and, and Jesus also said he died. Yeah, Jesus also said that, what, I mean, you know, as a Christian, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, Jesus died for everyone's sins. That includes Muslims. That includes Jews. And by the way, that includes the members of ISIS. There's a reason the Bible says to pray for your enemies. Absolutely. And there's a a reason it said to love your enemies. And they don't mean love like go over and hug somebody. Oh, good job. You you beheaded somebody. But you know what? Nobody, nobody is going to be attracted to hate. And that's why I talk about do not disenfranchise anyone, whether it's a Muslim or anyone, because they will be embraced by you know, Satan or other nasty forces in the world like ISIS, which is clearly, you know, satanic, uh, you know, to to a degree. And I, I just don't understand anybody who calls themselves Christian and supports this man if they read what Christ stood for uh, well, when he was on you, earth. Because I've been giving the sermons when I'm calling, believe me, because I spent a, much of my life in the Christian church and I now attend a quote-unquote progressive church, which is very, very progressive, actually. We'll probably be arrested any day now. But uh, yes, ma'am, I have been calling up and saying this is not Christian. What it's called is hypocrisy. And he's just trying to throw this Christian flag. But as you know, anyone who says two Corinthians never went to the same Bible school I went to. Um, so thank you so much for saying that, because believe me, I've been giving him all kinds of sermons on the environment, on religion, on, you know, that if you take away the freedom of the press, you know, what road that's going to lead to and, and, and who all have, have come before us for what's going on now. And those were my main points. All right. Um, and I thank you for that. I hope you'll call me again. You're just, you're great. You have a list and you're all organized. I love it. Thank you. And I appreciate the call, Carol. Let's go lastly to Reggie in Georgia, line three. Uh, Reggie, uh, quickly. Go ahead, sweetie. Yeah, well, I would just like to say that, well, if uh, the Democrats are going to respond to him. I just, I just hope they don't pull a Joe Wilson by standing up and yelling, you lied to him, because if they do No, that, they shouldn't. They should not. You know what? You may not respect the man, or hopefully, but, God willing, someday the woman, but you got to respect the office. That's the office of the President of the United States of America. Right. 
I yeah no I agree with you right. yeah when they go yeah because it, 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 not only would it backfire on them but it would also add more fuel to his fire and he'll go on the attack as we all very well know he will if they do that in other words they class it as Nancy Pelosi once said just listen and respond to him civilly civilized. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Reggie. Appreciate the call. We are going to take a break when we come back live from our nation's capital. I was going to read some tweets, but I'm out of time for uh, this segment. When we come back, we're going to go uh, live to our nation's capital with talk media news. Hope you'll stick around here on the only true democracy in talk radio. Follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall, Instagram at Leslie Marshall Talker, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Leslie Marshall show back after this. So we see Patrick Gavin live from our nation's capital with Talk Media News. Patrick, good afternoon. Uh, there is obviously going to be a joint address to Congress by the president today. Can you give us a sneak preview of what to expect? Yeah, uh, the president's going to try to strike a more upbeat tone than people thought he delivered in the, inaugura- in the inaugural address, uh, trying to hit the theme of economic opportunity and, and protecting the American people. I think both security and then economic prosperity here at home are the two things that, he, that, that he's going to hit on. I think what people in the audience, and by audience I mean namely uh, uh, Congress, are going to looking for are specifics, whether or not he's going to spell out his specific plans on health care, whether or not he's going to spell out his specific plans, uh, or talking about Russia, for instance, whether he's going to talk about building the wall, immigration, all these policies that he's hit on for the 40 days he's been in office, but hasn't quite fleshed out the specifics. And he needs to do that because not all Republicans – in that room are on board with, with a lot of what he's saying, and they're just kind of waiting around to get some, some specifics from the, the man on the other end of Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, I, a lot of people, uh, you know, have to understand that, uh, you know, what the president says isn't necessarily going to be, you know, law policy. We do have Congress, even though there's a Republican majority in Congress, they seem very divided along the uh, regarding the Affordable Care Act. When they look at the numbers of people who will be left uninsured, they're not going to be able to insure anybody. The cost of that and, of course, the outburst at town hall meetings, not just from Democrats, but Republicans as well with regard to uh, uh, the Affordable Care Act alone. Um, OK, uh, anything uh, more that you want to say about? Uh, the in a preview to uh, regarding the joint address to Congress tonight. Well, I think hitting off what you, what you just said, I mean, I think that one person to watch is going to be Paul Ryan. I think that both uh, Ryan and Trump are kind of fighting for the soul of the Republican Party right now, oftentimes, sometimes in similar ways, but oftentimes in different ways. And I think, as you mentioned, Republicans uh, in, in the House are getting kind of hammered back home at these town hall meetings about Obamacare because, you know, Republicans have not put up, a, put up an alternative don't have a great replacement yet. And so Republicans don't really have a great defense to, you know, a 65-year-old woman who, who can't afford health care or a 22-year-old kid who's afraid of getting yanked off health care because there's not an alternative on the table yet. And the reason there is is because they're kind of waiting around for Trump to provide that original vision. And they hope that tonight will be the chance, will be the opportunity for him to do just that. All right. And last but not least, uh, just terrible uh, that uh, Donald Trump, our president, blaming the Navy SEAL's death uh, Navy SEAL Ryan, uh, on the military. Very quickly, Patrick, a sentence. Yeah, you know, no one would have guessed that one of the more interesting storylines of Trump's first 40 days is his war against the intelligence and military community, but that seems to be something that he's not willing to let go of. 
Um, but, you know, as, as you noted and as any political analyst or anybody I think with a heart would know, it's not the smartest strategy to do. And so I think Trump's going to have to walk back his comments at some point. Agree.